Hey, welcome to Mindful Mostly. I'm Andrea Collins, and yeah, I'm pretty into mindful living. I mean, mostly. I strive to live my healthiest, most mindfully motivated life, but I am not perfect at it. For instance, this weekend, I read part of Gabrielle Bernstein's latest book, Judgment Detox. And then I watched a show called Unveiled, where soon-to-be brides get plastic surgery right before their wedding. This, this one girl in the episode, she got a new nose and fake tits. And it was really weird actually listening to her talk about how she feels with her partner. The guy seemed perfectly nice. She thought he was the hottest guy in the world. And she was like, now once I get this surgery, I won't feel bad about myself when I stand beside him at the altar. Mm, isn't that nice? Another weird part was the doctor, like the surgeon. He, he provided her with the surgery for the new nose and the new boobs. And as she was under, it was like, it was like he was sexually harassing her. He was like, oh yeah, let me tell you. <laughs> Nobody's going to be looking at this new nose with a set like these. But then I thought to myself, is he being a perv? Or is that like his job to be like, these tits look great? <laughs> so after reading the book and watching that show, I didn't get any smarter. I just sort of flatlined. Yep, just stayed the same. There's one thing that I did hear about this weekend that I wanted to tell you about. Have you heard of the, the latest diet trend? It's called the Victorian peasant diet. And the concept is that you're supposed to eat like people did in Britain in the mid-19th century, which is basically eating wholesome foods, fresh, locally grown vegetables, potatoes, fish, and a little bit of meat. Experts say this is the best way to stay healthy. And if you're around in your little corset and your beautiful skirt and your gigantic underwear in the mid-1800s, you would have been eating like this. And that's when everybody was a normal weight or underweight. I always think that peasants are so lucky because whenever you see century pieces like in movies, they're always eating so much bread. And does it not look so good? Hashtag peasant life. Hey, if you are digging the podcast, please let me know by leaving a review and subscribing on iTunes. Oh, I got a new review. I'll give you a shout out um, if you do just this. Um, Sabu Wex left this one. She said, whenever I'm feeling nervous, sad, or hearing that annoying little voice in my head, I put on mindful mostly and I feel so much better. Andrea and her guests remind me to breathe and be grateful for this amazing life. Yes, girl. Like I said, I've got 33 reviews on iTunes currently. 32 are from my mom. Um, so please leave one. It would be greatly appreciated. And then join the crew on Instagram at Mindful Mostly. You guys, this episode is huge because we have part two of our convo with Mastin Kip. He is an entrepreneur, an inspirational speaker, and author. His latest book is called Claim Your Power, A 40-Day Journey to Dissolve the Hidden Blocks that Keep You Stuck and Finally Thrive in Your Life's Unique Purpose. Yes, Oprah calls him 
an up-and-coming thought leader of the next generation of spiritual thinkers. What? Last episode, if you haven't listened to it, you should. He was helping us identify what is blocking us from success, what most commonly holds you back, um, how you can get unstuck, and how we should look at our goals. But today, he was going to tell us how you are going to find your purpose, plus secrets to romantic relationship success. If you find yourself kind of repeating the pattern over and over in your relationships and maybe they always end after a certain amount of time, you want to be listening to this episode. First, it is time for the Soul Nugget shout out. And this one I've started saying to myself over the past couple of weeks and it really feels good and I believe it. Something wonderful is about to happen to me. If you just keep thinking that, inevitably it does. Something wonderful is about to happen to me. Mm. And these wise words from a little lady named Beyonce, I'ma keep running, cause a winner don't quit on themselves. Yes. popular demand it's Mastin Kip hey how's it going good thanks for coming back everybody's excited for part two okay so one thing that I know is a huge question and it's something I'm personally struggling with right now and I know a lot of women my age what is my purpose I would think that finding your purpose is either you know it from day one or it takes a really long time of trial and error to figure out what it is do you have a way of helping people find it yes so I mean the short answer is that's what the book is. The whole purpose of the book is to do that. And so um, beyond, like, and it's a 40-day process. Now, beyond going through the book very uh, strategically and, to, and, and specifically here, I'll do my best to sort of summarize it mm-hmm. as actually as possible. So there's two different really definitions of purpose. And, and generally speaking, in the, in the personal development lexicon, we don't have a shared definition of purpose yet. So I've done my best to sort of like create one. There's the clinical definition, and essentially the clinical definition of purpose is essentially a a, a goal or life aim that stimulates behavior, right? So it's like you have something that makes you get off your butt and go. Um, That could be a child, a job. It could be a mission larger than yourself. It could be frustration with how much money you have in your bank account. There's certain things that stimulate it. I don't really think that's a good enough definition. I see, you know, if you have a, a good enough reason why to get off your butt, that's leverage. That's not purpose. Leverage is like, okay, fine, I'll do this, right? Purpose, the word purpose is really, it, it sort of indicates utility. It has a usefulness, right? The purpose of a book is to be read. The purpose of a car is to be driven. The purpose of a human being is to be a conduit for emotions. That's what we're all about. And if you look at the science, if you look at the spirituality of it, we are emotional beings and emotions are sort of the name of the game. And whenever you set a goal, you don't really go for the money or the romance or the weight loss or whatever. What you're going for is the emotional state that you believe will that what that goal will bring you. Mm-hmm. And so if emotions are the name of the game, we have to become a little bit more aware of our emotional states. And women tend to be better at this than men consistently. Um, and so my definition of purpose is very simple, actually. It's this. It's uh, purpose essentially is an emotion that you cultivate or generate within yourself and then you express to the world and to others in the form of service. 
And to land that plane a little bit, like Mastin, what are you talking about? If you think about like a successful company, successful companies have successful cultures. Cultures are shared emotional states of the staff. If you look at like incredible customer service or customer experience, that's when a company is able to produce incredible emotional states in their customers. And you know, Tony Shea from Zappos literally wrote the book on this and it's called Delivering Happiness, which is an emotional state. So emotions are the name of the game. And when we look at like romantic relationships, no one ever like left a romantic relationship because both people were in positive emotional states, right? Mm. That guy's so happy, like, no, like that doesn't happen. So we have to realize that it's, the name of the game is emotions, and there's three levels of, of, of emotions that we have to basically um, eventually master. The first level is emotional awareness, which is like, what do I feel and what do I want to feel? And a lot of people, instead of feeling what we feel, we tend to you know, drink wine or you know, we, if, if, you're, if you're doing high-level coping, it's like wine, quinoa, uh, dark chocolate. Like these types <laughs> of things are kind of like, you know, like ways to kind of cope at a high mm -hmm. level. Low-level coping is like drugs, alcohol, and promiscu promiscuity and stuff like that. So we tend to upgrade it to other things, but we're still like feeling like some stress underneath it. So the next step is then um, we have to have emotional intelligence. After we're aware of our emotional states and what we want to feel, emotional intelligence is, well, what has to happen consistently for me to feel the way that I want to feel? What do I got to do? What are the strategies? What are the tips? What are the best practices? What are my routines? What, what, like, how do I actually do this? And then the third part, which is the most important part, is emotional fitness, which is actually doing the stuff you know you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. And so we have to be able to step into emotional fitness, but we can't do it till aware, uh, we're aware of how we feel. And we can't do it until we really know what we want to feel and how to make it happen. But that emotional fitness is the name of the game. And so long term, if you're really you know, focused on your emotional fitness, and remember, it's emotion that you generate within yourself and then share with others in the form of service. When you solve problems, you're going to find your purpose. If you're wondering what my purpose is, you're focused on the wrong thing. You're focused on you. You have to have a craftsman mind uh, mindset and say, what problems in the world would I love to solve? And then go solve those problems. And then you'll start to figure out like how you're going to express your purpose in the form of behavior, whether it's a business or a, a child or a relationship, however that might be um, expressed for you. But purpose is not you know, your relationship or your children or making money. Purpose is your job to cultivate that emotional state and then express it to others in the form of service. So if you lose a way that you express your purpose, if you lose a job or a relationship or a child, God forbid, you haven't lost your purpose. Your purpose is always with you. Wow. So essentially, it's finding what what makes you happiest. You know what? Wh if I had to bottom line it, basically, but it's 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 the most important thing is to understand it's it's in combination with the service of others. Today, people are too focused on what makes me happy versus what problems can I solve. And so, mm. if you can fall in love with solving problems, you're going to be happy. Yeah, <laughs> no promise. kidding. And you'll be happy knowing that you've made a change in the world. That is something 100%. that I feel so many of us feel helpless about when it comes to making change in the world. It's like, oh, those issues are too big for me or, oh, what, you know, how much change can I really create? And then you see people come along like, I don't know, I'm thinking of Elon Musk or certain companies who just take, take um, changing the world into their own hands and they don't wait for anybody to, to tell them they can do it. And that's huge scale, but you can do it on smaller scale in your own life. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. It's it's all about solving problems. That's the name of the game. Do you feel like you figured it all out when it comes to happiness in life? <laughs> no, <laughs> um, but I definitely feel like I figured some stuff out. But I don't know if I, I don't think I can ever say I figured it all out. But we def I definitely feel like I have a good a good read on things. But you know, it could you know things are moving so quickly today with technology and innovation that there could be a paradigm shift tomorrow. 
Yeah. Who do you look to when you feel like you need to, um, when you're soul searching? I have, I happen to have a really good network of folks, um, of friends, you know, I think, uh, the person who, uh, really helped me turn a corner a couple years back was my friend and mentor, Carolyn Mace. She's a straight shooter and, uh, we, uh, she's a, a teacher and, a, and someone, a spiritual teacher and she's been on Oprah a bunch of times. And when we were at an event that Oprah was hosting and I ended up speaking with her for a couple hours and I basically told her like, Carolyn, like. I'm the guy that teaches purpose and I don't know what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. And um, she goes, oh, honey, you're going to figure that out and wonder that like at least once a decade, you know? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And she kind of like just gave me some really great advice. But I, I feel really blessed to be able to sort of have my bookshelf now be my peer group, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Um, so um, I definitely have a really good uh, tribe of folks. But I think the person who's like the most consistent support, love, and nurturing in my life is uh, my partner, Jenna. She and I, you know, we've been together almost nine years and um, we have a business together. And she, she, she's uh, absolutely incredible. I mean, if, if there's any reason why I've been able to become the man that I am, it's 100% her. And that's not just me saying that because I'm supposed to say that. It's like actually true. <laughs> I was a different person. I was a boy when I met her. And wow. I feel like I've been able to really step into something different as a result of being in a relationship with her and really having to up my game because of her. In your, so you've been together for nine years. What do you Almost, yeah. what do you find um, is really important in your guys' relationship? Because I know a lot of people struggle with relationships and, and a lot of um, our listeners have had a pattern of relationships end maybe after a year and they always break up after a year. Like what do you think is, I know you don't have all the answers, but what do you think in your situation has been positive to relationship longevity? Yeah. So um, I would say three things. Number one is, um, so I'm gonna make the assumption that you're in a relationship that's a good relationship and you're not in an abusive relationship, mm-hmm. okay? Or like some toxic relationship. If you're just in a good relationship, okay? Yeah. Number one, don't leave, <laughs> okay? Mm-hmm. Do not leave um, because you're gonna repeat it somewhere else. Because like people have this idea that, oh, maybe there's something better. Like that is an insane thought. Um, mm-hmm. It's never, it's gonna be exactly the same as it is now, but you'll be older. Okay, that's the answer. Um, so number one is you don't leave. Number two is you gotta get really good at listening. Um, listening is not the same thing as hearing what someone's saying and then waiting for your chance to speak. Um, listening is really taking in what someone's saying, understanding what they're saying, but most importantly, why are they saying something? Like what's the mo- what's motivating them to say something? And you don't necessarily have to agree with it, but you've got to be able to listen, understand their motives, and be able to reflect that back to them in their words. That is like by far, I think, the most undervalued skill in relationships. People talk about you have to have passion and romance and, you know, incredible sex. Like all that stuff is a byproduct of like being connected and through listening. Mm. Um, and listening is what is what produces intimacy. Intimacy is uh, the byproduct of telling the truth. And a lot of us have been raised from children to basically lie. Uh, little white lies in relationships and when you can create real listening regardless of what someone's sharing and just be able to mirror and reflect without having it taken on as like I've done something wrong as the partner but just this is my partner's experience and I don't need to counter it or retort to it or make it wrong I can just identify with their emotions and what's driving them that's a game changer and really rare air and I think the third thing that's been most important has been um, focused on a friendship um, because um, what happens is, in especially like soulmate relationships, 100% you will reenact your trauma in your relationship 
um, but not because the other person is whatever bad or whatever. It's because this is how you heal it. We always reenact our trauma until we heal it. Mm. And typically in soulmate relationships, we have opposite traumas. So what that means is the person who's you know, terrified of being abandoned tends to be with the person who's terrified of being smothered. Um, and the person's going to feel smothered and the other person's going to feel abandoned and you got to work that out essentially. Mm -hmm. And when you have a sense of friendship and you're not questioning each other's intentions, you know, this is when romance, passion, aliveness, all that good stuff, this is the foundation because you've created a sense of psychological safety and a sense of understanding that even when we're not quite on the same page or when their communication is a little, you know, not uh, clear, like, you're on my team, I'm on your team, we're in this together, I'm gonna listen to you, you're gonna listen to me, we're gonna get through this, and whatever's coming up is here to be healed, not judged. That type of stuff is what really makes epic relationships. And it's been, you know, almost a decade for me to learn that. Oh. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's intense. It's so good. And I love that you just summed it up into three points for us, because I think that those are huge. If you're the, if you're the person that always thinks your partner is going to cheat on you, you're going to think that even if you're dating the perfect guy who loves the shit out of you, you know, yes. like you're always going to recreate that idea of like suspiciousness. And then that's going to harm your relationship. You just blew my mind. That is so good. Did you <laughs> oh, know? Awesome. Did you know that you're the first guy that we've had on the podcast? Are you serious? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> well, what an honor. That's fantastic. Thank you so much. I did not know that. Uh, and the last thing wow. that I want to ask you is, um, what makes you mindful mostly? As in, like something that's really great that you've done towards being mindful and, and uh, self improvement, and then like eating French fries. Totally. Um, I think the thing that has made me the most mindful has um, is actually my gut health, mm. like, my, like the health of my microbiome, because the microbiome in the gut it's what the it's any food that you eat, you know, it comes into contact with the microbiome first. Mm -hmm. And there's a company um, called Viome, V-I-O-M-E, that has the most cutting edge um, uh, sort of uh, technology and uh, product to help you figure out like the biggest question I ask is, what do I eat? Do I do keto? Do I do bulletproof? Do I do this? Do I do that? Do I do vegan? Do I do vegetarian? And because I want, you know, I want to have a clean body and I want to have a clear channel. And Viome and their, their technology has been incredible in helping me figure out exactly what I need to eat. And like, if I'm going to do bulletproof, the perfect bulletproof diet for me. And what I've learned is, you know, um, you might have a food like kale that is called a superfood, but for me, I shouldn't be eating kale, but other people, they're gonna thrive on it. Right. And so Viome has been incredible because I've been able to really um, create this like incredible gut health. I've been able to lose a lot of weight, have a lot of energy, and I feel like I've created this like really clear channel for me um, to be able to kind of like have more energy, get better sleep, be more creative, be more productive, um, have better um, brain health because my gut's producing the neurotransmitters it, need to, it needs to produce to actually feel good. And what's cool about that is, is that I can still have my Zag and my treat meal but like it doesn't go as bad uh, because I'm generally more healthy. And so I think lately that's probably been the most important thing I've been focused on is gut health and Viome has really changed my life. Awesome. Because, yeah, if your stomach feels bloated and full and just not good, you generally feel the same way. And yep. we talk about that. We did an episode on gut health a little while ago, um, and that's a huge issue that everybody's experiencing. So thank you for recommending that company, actually. that That is your mindful. What's your mostly? So I think mostly is, you know, I think it kind of goes to that zag, right? Um, I actually, so, so people ask me a lot of times because I, I like to, um, you know, I, I, I like sort of like, you know, we, we travel a lot and we fly first class and we're in these fancy places. 
And like my favorite treat meal is literally Domino's cinnamon twists. <laughs> <laughs> like I would rather have that in the fanciest anything. Um, and people look at me like whatever. And I'm like, you know what? You can take the kid out of the Midwest, but you can't take the Midwest out of the kid. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate <laughs> we appreciate your honesty. You you are so. You are so lovely to have on the podcast. We welcome you as the first man. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. It's been an incredible honor and uh, awesome questions, too. It's been really, really great. Thank you. You've given us such great advice. So, Mastin, all the best to you. Claim your power, a 40-day journey to dissolve the hidden blocks that keep you stuck, and finally thrive in your life's unique purpose. That is his latest book. you got to check it out. Mastin, thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. It was a blast. <laughs> Mastin Kip, wasn't he great? He loves advice and cinnamon rolls. Who knew? It is time for your mindful, mostly, mission of the week. This is when we set some goals for the week. And you know what it is? It is not squirreling away the good stuff. You know what I'm talking about. You, like, hoard away some of the nicest things you've ever bought for yourself because you're like, it's too nice to use right now. I have to ration it. No. Go ahead. Use the artisanal soap that you got on some island that smells like wonderful patchouli and you don't want to ruin. Just start it up. Enjoy it. That's why you bought it after all. Maybe you got some really nice plates that you never eat off of. Do it. Or how about that outfit that, yeah, you spent a lot of money on it and you only seem to wear it for special occasions. You know what? Wear it this Wednesday for the hell of it. Stop squirreling away the good stuff. Also, let's say you have some great perfume that you love, but you, you, you again, you ration it. Like, like you've got to use that one bottle for the next hundred years. Give it a little spritz. Get a little pep in your step this week using those nice things you have bought for yourself from all of the hard work you have done. All right? We need to start treating ourselves more often. Like as for the advice I gave at the beginning of the show... We should only live the peasant life when it comes to our diets. And that is this episode of Mindful Mostly. You guys, I love knowing what you're doing when you are listening to this podcast. So hop on Instagram, tag Mindful Mostly in your post. I want to know what you're doing. Also, spread the love. Uh, shout out to everybody who's been posting and, and talking about their favorite episodes or their favorite moments. I mean, it's just, it's so cool seeing this community really come together. Thank you so much. You can also subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes, who's currently, it's my boyfriend and my mom. Have a good week. I'll talk to you next time on Mindful Mostly. Mostly.